Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Wendy Hilliard is a Hall of Fame rhythmic gymnast and the first African-American gymnast to represent the United States in international competition. She's also a native of Detroit and returns to the city to expand opportunities for young gymnasts through her foundation and in conjunction with the city of Detroit. She joins us now to talk about her life and her work. Wendy Hilliard, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. So uh, tell me, how did you become attracted to gymnastics above all other sports? Well, I, like many, uh, was watching the Olympics, and that sport spoke to me. That's <laughs> what, 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 year, what year was this? Oh, it's sometime in the 70s. <laughs> sometime in the 70s. Yes. And do you remember who the gymnasts were that you saw that that's you thought, so, that's so I want to do that? <laughs> um, the, the gymnast that inspired me most was, most was Ludmila Tereshva. She was uh, from the Soviet Union. Uh-huh. Um, over the time, I've gotten to know Nadia Komunich, and she was, of course, aspiring everyone. But it was just gymnastics overall that just, I, I was hooked. Yeah. So you're a, a, a kid growing up here. In Detroit at that time, where did you where did you go to learn gymnastics? Well, it was tough, yeah. right in the city. My parents were both, you know, they both worked for the city. My mom in the uh, public schools and my dad in the health department. So they were adamant on me staying in the city. So I really first started taking gymnastics at the Fisher Y. Okay. Uh, there was a teacher, Mr. Lee, and um, we were doing more tumbling. Because we didn't have all the equipment, I took and tumbling like that. at the Y downtown See in there? the seventies as well. There you go. We probably flipped past each other <laughs> right. at one point. <laughs> I was not very good at it. I could do the I could do the rolls. I couldn't do the the round offs and all of the oh, sort of okay. flipping things. I'm not a terribly coordinated <laughs> person. Um, but but um, so then talk about how this becomes rhythmic gymnastics for you uh, what, what's the transition there well the I was taking uh, we started going out to the suburbs because that's the only where only place where they had full artistic gymnastics as mm-hmm. the bars and the beam things like that so I took out in Bloomfield Hills and in Southfield and while we we're in Southfield uh, the Jewish Community Center had hired these two coaches from the former Soviet Union Zina Marinoff and Vladimir Marinoff and they were coaching there, and Zena was a master sport in rhythmic gymnastics. So I really hadn't seen it. Maybe I'd seen it once or twice, but um, we kind of argued. Zena passed uh, ten years ago, but we—I say she recruited me because I was so talented, <laughs> and she says I better to teach me rhythmic. But I, anyhow, <laughs> we were out there taking gymnastics, and my mother was kind of appalled because it was so costly, and she didn't want to have to drive so much. So she asked Leanne Atchison, who was then running the recreation department about bringing these coaches into the city. And they hired them as city employees, and we practice in all the recreation departments um, in the different centers. And so we developed this really great team that became one of the top teams in the country. So so uh, you're doing this, uh, again, in a city where this is not what young people really do. Uh, do you remember... Uh, what the reaction was from your friends when you say, I'm going to go do gymnastics. I'm going to go do rhythmic gymnastics. Did people even understand what that meant? 
They didn't know what rhythmic was yeah. in America, especially. And <laughs> you know, I had to go on the airplane with a hoop. They're like, "Are you in the circus? Are you doing this?" <laughs> are you um, in the so circus yeah, it was like we worked very hard promoting the sport because it didn't become an Olympic sport until 1984. And Zena was a master choreographer and promoter, and she, along with my mom, just had us performing rhythmic gymnastics all over the city and all over the country. But um, my friends, I think, were not surprised because I've been flipping somewhere. There's not a piece of grass. They didn't see me do a cartwheel on it or something like that. And I've been doing it since I was young. So I don't think they were surprised per se. Um, but the fact that I then started to compete on the national level and things like that, it was they're very supportive. But I was flipping. I went to Cast Tech and I was on the cheer team. Um, half, I, you know, I love Cast Tech, but also it gave me the chance to use my gymnastics skills. So I would <laughs> right? back handspring down the <laughs> basketball floor <laughs> or football field. So, so uh, how often were you the only African American on the teams and in the, the the sort of environment of this sport? Most of the time, yeah. except in Detroit, which was so wonderful, is that I think that's what kept me grounded. So I was the first black to make the national team, and then Laura Bell joined me when we made the world championship team. But most of the times, I mean, there were just times I was going to, like, Poland and uh, uh, the former Czechoslovakia, and people would just point because they had never seen a black woman, period. <laughs> right. L live. Wow. Right? Wow. And um, Zina, fortunately, she was so great, I studied Russian language with her. And so I would be able to speak with Russians. They were at the top in rhythmic. And so when I would travel to the former Soviet, the Eastern Bloc, I could speak Russian, which was another thing. They're like, why, why is this black woman speaking Russian? But um, <laughs> I think what kept me grounded is coming back to Detroit. And see, this is in the 70s and 80s, and we were bringing people. Bulgarians were coming to train here. Everybody's coming to Detroit when a lot of people were not hanging out in Detroit. So yeah, we before were it was cool, right? before it was cool. <laughs> so we hosted the national championships, and I really think that's what kept me grounded. The fact that my community was here, my church was here, all the people—you know—the mayor was black. That's the mayor that I knew. So I, it, it gave me, I think, a sense of of strength yeah. as I went around the world. Yeah, uh, this is Detroit today on 101.9. WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Wendy Hilliard. She is a Hall of Fame rhythmic gymnast and the first African-American gymnast to represent the U.S. in international competition. She is also a native of Detroit. Um, a couple of years ago, when Gabby Douglas won the gold medal at the Olympics, she faced this very strange criticism from both white and black people that I felt like was just really uh, uh, inappropriate for 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 her, not just as an African American, just but just for a young a young person. Did that surprise you uh, to to see it at that late date this kind of reaction to a black gymnast? It didn't surprise me per se. So Gabby, when she won her first Olympic uh, gold medal in London in 2012, I was there. And it was the most exciting thing ever <laughs> to see. I mean, my girl was on balance beam. And there were like 10,000 people just waiting for her. to. It was We were holding our breath. So the thing is, is that I wasn't shocked because gymnastics is one of the most popular Olympic sports. And the all-around champion is, is a highly coveted. Uh, position to win and it was surprising that people didn't really expect it I kind of saw it coming I saw her compete about four months before my eyes I was like oh my gosh and here's the other thing that's really interesting that black people really understand I said the fact that we're not in America competing and we're in Europe she actually has a leg up she has a little bit 
lest she doesn't have the pressure in a way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to go see this because this might happen. Because she might win. Yes, yeah, she might win. <laughs> and she did. So I wasn't surprised about the racism because it was a black woman winning this really great thing. But for the African-American community, they got on the girl about her hair. About her hair. I'm like, so that's black people. You, my girl was practicing a lot. She was practicing in Iowa. Couldn't get her weave tightened. I was just like, you just have to let go of the... Uh, what is it? How you look on the surface. Yeah. And I think people were like, I know it's really tough, but when you're in the, on the highest stage in the world and the pressure, you all don't understand gymnastics. It's only once every four years. And you're on that little beam. <laughs> Let's be clear. My girl had other things to think about besides her hair. And it's very funny because I, I, was, uh, I went to lunch with Nadia and Bart um, in, in London. And Nadia's like, Wendy, how come people don't like Gabby's ponytail? I mean, she was like so clueless to this whole uh, and, it, you know, social media and things like that. So I will say this. Gabby um, is one of the best gymnasts ever. She made two Olympic teams, gold medal, two Olympics. So the pressure, unfortunately, sometimes comes with being the first. Uh, but she's she's a masterful athlete, and she's handled it with grace. So, so how different uh, do you feel like her experience was uh, in the spotlight, and in a much brighter spotlight, uh, than yours was. I mean, is there progress you can kind of measure, um, you know, across those decades to where maybe she didn't have the same kind of hurdles in front of her that you did, or was it all just very familiar to you? That is a very interesting question. In one way, it was very familiar. Yeah, I had the situation in 1983 where they did, in Rhythmic, they have a thing called group routine, at that time, six gymnasts, they choose six. And I had already been to world championships, like, I don't know, twice already. <laughs> and I was with the top team, and they didn't choose me, mainly because they said, Wendy, you're going to stand out. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like 1983, and you're telling me I can't do it because I'm black? I called my parents. They're like, we're sitting in a telefax to use the gymnastics because <laughs> they weren't having it. But I was kind of shocked. Okay, 1983. So all these years later, we're not totally shocked when you're the first and you're groundbreaking. What was different, of course, was like you said, the the spotlight, the social media, how things went fast. But to be honest with you, and one of the reasons I do this work is that gymnastics, even though we have these fabulous champions, Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles, other top gymnasts, Dominique Dawes really broke extreme. I mean, she could, she would have been Olympic champion in, in 1996. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing how we're talking about it because she was very at the top. But the grassroots of gymnastics is still not as diverse as it could be. And it's because of cost. And that's and, and the investment that you have to make in your child to take them to practice when they're like eight years old. So that's why. And there's a lot of sports like, like that, a lot of right? Sports, yes. uh, swimming. Uh, mm-hmm. My kids are swimmers. There you go. I, I know firsthand how difficult that is if you live in a city like Detroit, uh, even if you make enough money uh, to be able to, to, to get them to swim. Just the opportunities aren't aren't as plentiful as they used to be. Right, um, right. It's, it's just very it's just very hard to do that. It's it's hard on a lot of those non traditional sports we call them the Olympic sports where you have to invest. You really have to get the technique when you're young, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really why I'm so excited about the partnership with the city now because it's kind of come full circle. We wouldn't have been able to do it in our time, mm-hmm. you know, having all these four <laughs> Russian coaches and all these gymnasts <laughs> just jumping around at the recreation center. It really didn't cost us much. My mom was instrumental because she helped us raise funds when we had to travel nationally and internationally. But the the opportunity was there. And that's the thing is you just have to expose kids. They want to do all types of sports. And and the cost, the city um, is really taking care of the space. So 
So there's some things gymnastics are just going to cost. The coaches is going to cost a lot. Equipment is going to cost a lot. Travel is going to cost a lot. But if you can take that space element out of it, it helps a lot. So let's talk about the work you're doing now to expand those opportunities. And you're doing that work right here in Detroit. About uh, four years ago, I came home for the Detroit homecoming. They, they do this. Uh, Cranes invites people from around the country, and they get us all together. And it's the, it's the greatest thing because they know, you know, Detroit is leather city, wherever we are, right? We just have this We are passion. suckers for home. We are suckers <laughs> for home. And so when you brought us all together <laughs> for three days, it was so much energy. But the one thing I saw with the lack of the investment in the city from outside was something really just for the kids something special for the kids. It's one thing to go down and watch a sporting event, but that's not the same as preparing as an athlete. So I said the one thing I can do, my skill, because I've been doing it almost 20 years in New York, is to bring gymnastics back. The great thing was I had my teammates here. So I was able to call on a lot of people to gather together. So when we came back, my goal was to start it after the 2016 Olympics. I knew Simone Biles was going to rock everybody's <laughs> world, and everybody wanted to do gymnastics. And so that's why we started at Joe Dumars in the state fairgrounds. And in January, we moved our Saturday program to the Kemeny Center in southwest Detroit. Yeah. And, and are you seeing more interest from kids in the city because of people like Simone Biles or Gabby Douglas? Uh, I mean, we are starting to see sort of more high-profile girls of color, women of color participate in this sport? There's nothing like a role model. There's just (laughs) nothing. I mean, the impact I had in New York when Gabby won in 2012 was I couldn't teach enough gymnastics. I'd been doing it for about 15 years at that point, and people are trickling in. Then we have, like, waiting list of 100 kids. So having a role model like that is critical, and I think people need to realize that. Detroit is a good sports town as far as developing sports. Absolutely. We've had some great boxers. We've had some good gymnasts. We've had some, you know, great basketball players. Detroit, and it's like our music. We have, There's something special about raising, living in, and growing up in Detroit. There's something very special about the energy and the soul that you have in your work. So when those kids came to our gymnastics program, they were ready to go. And we were ready to teach them. <laughs> right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Wendy Hilliard. She is a Hall of Fame rhythmic gymnast and the first African-American gymnast to represent the U.S. in international competition. Uh, City Council uh, is also honoring your mother for the role that she played in trying to open more doors to, to people in the city. Talk about what your mother did. She was just very uh, gutsy, and she just was committed to the city of Detroit. She wanted this to be in the city and available to other people. And they both were, you know, she was in the public school system, so she, she already had the energy. My parents were always very active in the city. So what she uses are administrative skills and really PR skills. I mean, my, my mom could have been the ultimate. <laughs> Rosa Parks came to one of our performances. Wow. You know, if she would wow. just reach out to everyone and she was quite fearless and she would ask people, she would just, you know, can you give $25, help these kids do gymnastics? They want to go to California. Can She would ask everyone. So she had this absolutely wonderful personality and she could bring people together. And the other fact is, is that I think she realized what gymnastics is. It's more than a sport, but it is education. We are teaching the young people about uh, discipline, work ethic. There's some sports that those little sports, you have to do it to do it again. It gives you something that will help you later in life. So I think she was also committed to that. And uh, it's a wonderful 
honor that so many people, she touched so many people. And she actually, the story is, is that she wanted to be a gymnast. Yeah. And wow. I think that passion never, never left. So <laughs> she's performing <laughs> an acrobatic routine in, in school when she's, I don't know, 12, 10 or 12. <laughs> and she's being lifted up in the air and her father yells out, don't you drop my daughter. <laughs> She was like so embarrassed she gave it up. So I she think stopped. She oh, no. stopped. So I think this was kind of like her getting back to gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you think about the city when you were a kid, when you and I were kids, it seems like we're uh, around the same age, um, and, and the city now. You know, I'm raising my kids here now, and there there are so many ways in which the city is – better uh but then there are also so many ways in which the city is just not what it was it's not what i remember but but i always talk about it being just very different i think they're having a very different experience than than i did i wonder what you see uh with the young people you work with here in terms of that difference between the 70s and 80s and now very interesting i would probably attribute it to the fact that we were kind of when they, you know, when you're a, an immigrant or first generation or whatever, is that that's what we were grown up in. Our parents came here, they came up from the south, and they were working, and like crazy working, and they and so we had that kind of ambition instilled in us that work ethic because of what our parents had to do, and because what Detroit went through, they had opportunities that they didn't have in other cities. You know, their friends were on the city council at that time, the mayor, the head of the education, the head of the fire department, police, you know. Growing up in that type of environment was really empowering to all of us that did that it and sure unusual. Was. So I think now it's a, it's different because they're a generation or two removed from that, right? So they're a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> um, and maybe that's what it is. And they see the city different. I mean, the transition is like zippy wow. I'm, I'm like, wow. Because I come and go. I call myself mid-coastal, mm. east coast, midwest. <laughs> so because I come back and forth like this, I see the changes happening. They're kind of more stark because they're like single. So that may be, you know, the kids have also been through a lot and the city's coming back. And I think what's really important is that they still need to feel that it's their city. Let's be clear. There are a lot of new people coming in, Wild West, whatever. But <laughs> the children, I think, uh, that are here now still want to achieve like anyone else. The talent is is there, but I think they just have a different experience in yeah. growing up. And they need they need opportunity. I mean, definitely, the, the, that still is really that key piece that we've got to make sure is in place. I have to say, the city. We're doing another program called the Goal Line, uh, where the city is. Um, there are 10 schools, charter and public schools, and they're busing them to the Northwest Activity Center for after-school programs. Right, right. And we're then teaching them gymnastics, and they have all these other opportunities. That's the key, because the, the other thing about youth sports is that parents don't have time if you're both working to take your kid to gymnastics at 4 o'clock. Yeah, Anywhere. You tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> and so what they're doing is they're getting that piece right, getting the kids to these really great, innovative, and strong based sports and, and education activities after school five days a week and then we're just picking them my coaches are there and you can just the talent's always there and like you said it's the opportunity so all we have to do is is keep that going and the kids will be fine okay wendy hilliard hall of fame rhythmic gymnast first african-american gymnast to represent the u.s in international competition it was really great to have you here on detroit today thank you up next, we're going to speak with the author of a book about her mother. Bridget Davis has written about uh, her mom, who was a numbers runner in Detroit 
in the 1950s and 60s. Stay with us. <laughs>